spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, happy Thursday evening to you. We finally get to come to you this year with a somewhat joyous Raging Review post-game show as Louisiana takes down the Bobcats on the Bayou 49-14. to Matt Miguez, Jerry Bear, Man About Town, Josh Jagno. I don't know about you boys, but I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm very happy. Not happy. Debbie Downer. I'm not being a Debbie Downer. I'm just gonna tell the truth. This is this is my spot on the on the podcast. We're just gonna tell the truth that nobody wants to listen to. But listen, I like to win. I'm very happy that we won. So maybe we should do like a good, bad, ugly type of review here. Um, because there's a lot of all of those things. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you guys want to do it that way, that's that's perfectly fine. What a... I'll, I'll start with a monster night by Montreal Johnson. I mean, let me, let me get to the box score to give you the exact numbers. 13 carries for 84 yards, average six and a half yards a touch, and not one. Not two, not three, but four touchdowns on the night for the freshman. I mean, how how could you ask for much more out of the kid? You can't. He was great. I mean, Jerry. Will, I, I think Jerry will back me up on this, but the and and no slight on Montreal. Trail Trail uh, was awesome tonight. Johnson, at, like you said, what was it? Six, seven yards of carry. He was great. But the offensive line, after about midway through the first quarter, completely controlled the football game. Jerry, did you see the same thing? Yeah, you know, and I think I can kind of be a tweener between both of you in the way I see this win. I thought the score was exactly what what, what the doctor ordered. Um, a 35-point win on national TV is great for the brand. Um, do I think there's places where we need to improve? Absolutely. I think, and we'll get into that. But one thing that stood out to me tonight, and it's, it's, I think the, the rushing attack, the offensive line absolutely dominated for the rest of the game. What was satisfying to me was last game, I brought up a stat between Montreal Johnson, Chris Smith, and Imani Bailey against Nichols, 26 carries for a gain of 83 yards. Tonight, they had a, a total of 35 carries for 241 yards. That's almost seven yards of carry, guys. Yeah. And that's huge going into conference. You need that type of performance. And not to mention, we're known for as a running team. When you have three guys, it's almost like a three-headed monster that, that they created tonight. And I look forward to seeing that as, as the season goes on. Um, I, they needed this night. The offensive line needed to play the way they did. The rushing attack needed to happen the way it did tonight. So I'm very pleased with that. 
But like I said, we'll get into it. But there are some things we can improve on as well. But no, I thought the offensive line, this is the game they needed. And they 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 showed it tonight on national TV. Very satisfying. Agree. And I will also say that our backs look to be more aggressive. Maybe they couple of games under their belt and they, they're able to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, but I, I think that they just attacked. I, I was, I've been waiting to see one of our players, you know, it, it's good to see a group of them, but one of our players just step up and be aggressive. Montreal Johnson was the man tonight. Uh, also want to say in the second half, the defense, I think we gave up a hundred yards total in the second half. So you, you got to take your hat off to defensive line and the, it's, and the secondary played their best game of the season by far, not even close. Now, look, I don't know how good of a passer, Curtis Rourke is uh, they at, at some point they went to the switch up back uh, quarterback number 18 uh, his name escapes me but he was able to have a little bit a little bit of success here and there but overall like I said did you give up 100 yards total in the second half uh, that's domination no matter how you look at it yeah no no question about it um 250 yards total of all, total offense for the Bobcats tonight Curtis Rourke 12 of 22. 122 yards and two touchdown passes. Um, one of them going to Tyler Walton and one of them going to O'Shawn Allison. Amari Rogers, their leading rusher, which, by the way, a quarterback. Seven carries, 58 yards, averaged 8.3 yards a carry. DeMontre Tuggle in his quote-unquote Cajun homecoming. Five carries for 13 yards. Also, and a fumble. Also added two catches for six yards. Yeah, he did have a fumble. Big um, fumble. While we're talking stats, let's go over the Cajuns real quick. Levi Lewis, 21 of 29, 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Chandler Fields, 4 of 5, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Like we mentioned in the rushing game, Montreal Johnson, 13 carries, 84 yards, four touchdowns. Amani Bailey was your leading rusher, 11 carries, 89 yards, 8.1 yards per carry. He was a dog tonight. Chris Smith, 11 carries, 68 yards, and a score. Levi, 12 carries, 61 yards. And then leading receiver, Caleb Carter. Three catches, 51 yards. Pete LeBlanc, 2 for 49. John Stevens Jr., 3 for 35 with two scores. And then Dante Fleming, 3 for 34. Neil Johnson getting three catches tonight. Look maybe, out. Maybe, maybe, we heard, maybe they heard something about not throwing to tight ends. Three catches for 17 yards. Defensively for the K- – no, damn it. I don't have defensive stats yet. We'll, we'll talk about that in the full in the full game breakdown. Let's go to the we, – we talked about the good. Let's go to the bad. Well, well, let me – so before we go to bad, because there's – I mean, obviously I'm going to get into the bad, but the good is, okay, offensive line was so good tonight. I think finally Rubio being inserted on the left side helped a lot. I think they looked like a cohesive unit after the first quarter. Uh, Imani Bailey was an absolute dog tonight. He made uh, – there was a, a portion – I think it was in the third quarter, Jerry, when he did the jump cut back into the middle of the field. We all kind of oohed and odd. I mean, that was nice. Montrell Johnson is a – he's a dog. He's humongous, and he's only going to get better. We got to see uh, uh, Terrence Williams tonight, who looks like he could play middle linebacker. And I know at one point he was a linebacker. But, uh, you know, it was good to see him get some reps because obviously that guy is going to – he's going to have some meaningful minutes for this team at some point. Um, Chandler Fields getting in the game. Look, I understand that he's working with the twos and he's probably playing against Ohio's twos. He just looks the part. 
crisp passes, ball on the money. He doesn't second guess himself. Guy has it. And I know we've said that before, but it was good to see him finally get some reps. Very happy about that. Uh, special teams, eh. We were punting into the win a couple of times, so the numbers aren't great. But our special team's coverage tonight was the best it's been all year. Uh, kickoff and punt return, best it's been all year. So that's good. Levi and the game plan to, to incorporate his running ability. Have to say, big, big, big ups to the coaching staff for finally saying, hey, we got to use Levi on the ground. I'm very happy to see that. Now, we're going to get into the bad and the ugly later, but – as far as Levi's performance on the ground, very happy to see him keep the ball, make some decisions where he what 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 looked like he made a decision to keep the ball himself. Very happy about that. Defense was great in the second half. Um, you know, we were hard hitting. We made some turn. We, we forced some turnovers. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. So you talked about to, you talked about kickoff coverage. How about Jaron Wilson? Just not targeting, murdering not targeting. a guy. Not targeting. Oh God, not targeting insane. at all. Completely insane. It's ruining. The not game, targeting at all. He, it's ruining. The he he game. he didn't lead with his head, and he didn't hit him in the head. If you go back and watch the replay, his arms lead and he pushes at the end. You can see his hands. His head never touches him. Yep. The nope. shoulder pad was, was where he made contact. Uh, it was a textbook hit. This stupid rule, and I've said it for three years, this stupid rule is ruining college football. Yep. 100% agree. It was terrible. He lowered his shoulder. You look at the replay. There was no helmet to helmet. You know, he didn't didn't lead with his crown or anything near that. It was basically his upper arm of where he led. Yes. And yet, and what's funny is, I don't think they even called the flag until after. Like, they didn't even throw a flag. Basically, he hits them. Everybody's oohing and on. The ref comes out and goes, the play's under review. And my first reaction was, well, did he throw a flag on that? Where's the flag? Never threw the flag. Never threw the flag. I'm like, wait. Well, you know, I, and maybe I didn't see it. I don't know. But I, I never saw a flag. And this crew was so bad. Oh, it was. Oh, for they were so awful. Many reasons. They were awful. I, I love how they called intentional grounding on Levi. And then not five minutes later, Curtis Rourke does the exact, the exact same, same thing. thing. Yep. There's no now, foul granted, for intentional ground. Are you kidding me? Now, granted, now, granted, I wish Levi hadn't done that when he went back into the pocket, threw it out of bounds. But you're right. You got to call it both ways. You well, I think that that's part of the bad and the ugly. But yes, literally oh, the, the same the, play. The referee, the referee crew was going to fall under the ugly for me. Oh, I was, so I was, bad. that was awful. And, and also, too, what happens is when you start throwing flags like that, and look, one of the bad I'll say is, is I, I find that we, I wish we were a little more disciplined tonight. Um, some of the some of the fouls, you know, it was just not necessary. But at the same time, yards and penalties, and that, that's unnecessary. But when you're throwing flags left and right, and everything is so discretionary, when when you have that type of, I don't know, officiating it, going on, it, it shows to be aware. Yep. You can't. You really don't know how to react to it. Like yes. you just threw a guy out. Yeah, for, it, it showed it showed the referees an appropriate tackle. I mean, re- referees referees could never get a hold of this game. I mean, yeah, they, they, they they tried to make it about them is what they did. Um, some of these penalties were just downright awful. Now there were some that were that were pretty obvious. I wish, like I said, that, that I didn't think we were as disciplined the, as I the the unsportsmanlike conduct calls were all over the place. How how many were there? Seven. Enough. <laughs> Seven. I mean, granted, but the majority of the majority of them were on Ohio, but I mean, 
But you got to take control as an officiating crew for that, man. When you're throwing that many personal foul calls, you got to take you got to take control. Yeah, Ohio Ohio was dirty. You got to call the benches out. You got to tell them. It's like in high school, right? You take the two tag captains and say, look, we're not going to put up with this. And you did it. I mean, they did. Um, I thought one thing, Josh, adding to what you said about the good, I I thought that the defensive line in the front seven, um, in the first half, look, O'Shane Allison, he was gashing our our front seven in the first few possessions. I thought the defense did a great job adjusting to it because they really didn't get much of a run game in the second half. Actually, it looked like we were able to stack the box and make some key tackles, didn't really let them get loose too much. Um, I was very pleased as well with Levi's uh, uh, running ability. They built a playbook or, or a scheme around his feet. I've always said it, right? Well, you that and, feet, and, and they ran the wild Cajun, I don't know, six times. We scored three team. times out of it. It's very impressive. And Montreal, yeah. I think, ran you know, two as well. One, one, one thing I want to talk about, you talked about how Allison gashed the front seven. I, I didn't notice it so much later in the game, but definitely early in the game. Right, that's what I'll say. Why? Well, no, no. What what I noticed is the question I'm about to ask. Why do we love to put Chauncey Manack in coverage? It's the scheme that they run, and he and he can run with a tight end, and that's what. But that but he wasn't running with a ch- tight end. He was running with the running back out of the backfield. Yeah, well, they that's think that Chauncey Manack that's a matchup and- nightmare. They think that Chauncey Manac can cover in the flat, and mostly he can, but sometimes I, he gets caught. Because because the one play in particular that I'm that I'm thinking of is they ran they ran Allison on on a little swing route, just like just like you said, and Manac went with him, putting zero pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and he had all the time in the world to hit a guy on a post. For the first down. Yeah. Like, dude, let Manak blitz somebody and put a linebacker on that running back. You see, that's where that's where guys like Farad come in, you know. That's um, right. Because he's he Farad's the built as the hybrid. And a lot of times you'll see him Which I think I think I think it was a smart call given Farad another night of rest. Oh, yeah. No, look, he needs to get healthy for conference. And, and the thing about Chauncey, Chauncey has enough speed. But when you have someone that, like the, that's a staple like Farai Gardner, who is built as a hybrid to do that, and he's out, where else do you go? Yeah, do he you, covers a lot of sins, for sure. It, it's it's amazing. You But really, what you, what you do is you appreciate guys like him, right? Because, yes. like you said, Matt, I mean, look, Chauncey is an animal. He's a beast. But there's sometimes you know, where he has to kind of get out of his, his, his comfort zone and start doing what you said, follow the running back and, and whatnot, because someone's absence like Farad is so, it, it makes him more noticeable is what right. it does. Well, also they, Jerry, they think that he's an NFL talent. If he's going to play in the NFL, he has to cover out of the backfield. Add in Zion Hill, not playing. Who didn't I mean, play. That's right. He's another one. I mean, those two guys right there. Yep. That that vo- that's a big void to ever, to to have to try to fill. I mean, also, hey, you got to remember that Chauncey got hurt. He went out of the game for a while, so yeah. he did. Could have been lingering. Yeah, for I'm sure. Glad glad we need him. We need him. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the elephant in the room. The bad. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of bad, and I look. I'm not gonna be the guy that gets on the podcast uh, after a huge win and just berates the team. We've already said and and we've covered the fact that there's a lot of good that came from tonight, but there's bad too. 
and we're going to talk about it. And I'm sorry if it bothers you, but we were all at the game. We saw what we saw, and we're going to talk about it. Well, there, there's some things that are question marks because, look, not, not to bash Ohio, but they're not good. Know, they're not. They they they're they're going to struggle this year. I mean, they're they, not they very good. No. But when you go play at App State, when you go play Liberty, you can't do the stuff we did as far as the mistakes we made and expect to win. Safe to say um, that Nichols was better than the Wildcats. I thought they were offensively. Absolutely. I Absolutely. thought they were. But, but no, we'll, we'll talk about it. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, Josh, we're not here to be negative. Oh, we won the game. We won by 35. But there are some things moving forward when you start playing better competition and you yes. want to win a conference championship that you cannot do that we did tonight. The truth is the truth. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Truth. It doesn't matter how oh. what, what, what way you attack it. The truth is the fucking truth. And, and here's here and here, here's another thing we need to talk about. Props to the administration for, for fixing, fixing the concessions, man. Yeah. Yeah, smooth, sure. man. It very was smooth. great tonight. Very smooth. Very smooth. Now, my, only, like 8, my only complaint, people, but. my only complaint is if you order crawfish nachos, I don't know if this is a COVID thing or what, but used to when you ordered crawfish nachos, granted it was about $4 more expensive back then, but they poured it over the top of the the chips for you, right? That's correct. Now you order it, you get it in a cup, and the chip to cheese ratio just isn't there, man. It's not there. <laughs> Write a letter, man. Write I had like I had like five chips completely dry. <laughs> I was I was not happy with it. Oh, Matt was irate. I was not happy ratio. with it. No, what I was really hey, unhappy look. with was the fact that I wanted a damn Dino's raging Cajun, and the lady in front of me bought the last two. Oh man, two! Uh, oh, dude! Oh, oh my God! I was so angry. Right. We need to track down that old hag and give her the business. <laughs> <laughs> but no, de- definitely she? kudos oh, to oh, to the administration for for seeing a much <laughs> seeing the issue and getting out in front of it. Agreement. Um, that was in the way they did it. Um, I mean, if you look at the stations, the food stations, the water stations, I mean, there was so much choice, so many options, so many choices to choose from. Everything ran smoothly. So kudos to the administration. Yeah, Josh, I ran in, I ran into Catherine on the concourse and she looked, uh, she looked loaded down for you guys. Dude, she came back with like a tray of stuff. Yeah. She said, I'm going to get some popcorn. She comes back with like. You know, seventy dollars of hot dogs like, and hamburgers. I said, "Are we gonna live here? What is this?" <laughs> oh man! Anyways, yeah, put her to work tonight. So look, I just want to say, and real quickly, but the the crowd tonight was a little right right under eighteen thousand. It was around seventeen thousand seven hundred five, I believe it was. Um, and I got to give kudos. Look, we just we just basically escaped the tropical storm. Okay. It was still in the forecast. We still had rain. We didn't even know if we were going to play this game a few days ago. Right. Um, we didn't get the 22, 23,000 we wanted, but 17,705 or whatever it was, still pretty impressive. I thought the students obviously didn't show up like they did last week, but I still thought for a Thursday night game, it wasn't bad, um, judging by the circumstances. So, you know, could we have done better, a little bit better? Yeah. But you know what? It still wasn't a bad crowd. Um, I, I was pretty pleased for a Thursday night with everything that happened. You know, like I said, just got out the tropical storm, and yeah, uh, I know we had the concessions horror stories last week. But Midway, the yeah. Cajun Nation, I'm I'm gonna tip my hat to Cajun to, to Cajun Nation. Job well done tonight. They were loud, they were energetic. The students yeah. did a great job. So let's keep this up. And look, 
the next game's a Tuesday night game, but it's against the, the darlings of the conference, App State, right? So, you know, win this, these next two games are possibly 4-1 and one on a Tuesday on national TV against a team that, you know, has kind of become sort of a friendly rivalry, I guess, even though we've only beaten them once. But it, it's, yeah, the Cajun Nation needs to continue to show up. So I thought they uh, – Here's you know, it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Well, here's, it was in our it was in our window. We said seventeen to twenty twenty ish. I said seventeen or eighteen. So. Yep. Yeah. Let's 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 get to the bad. We've we've let's beat we've beat around the bush long enough. Let's get to it, man. All right, Jerry, you're you're the nice one, so you go first, and then I'll drop the hammer and wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, Matt, 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 Matt's the narrator here. What you got? Hello. Thank you, oh, Jerry. Matt, oh, oh, open it up. <laughs> Matt, Matt typically falls in the middle. Matt's a very good middle person. He is. No, he is. So Jerry's I nice. Matt, Matt's in the middle and drives, and then, you know, everybody hates me. So Man about town comes with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so am I, going, am I going first? Okay. You're going first. Start us off. Start us off. Levi Lewis. <laughs> he, I love the kid. It's, I love the kid. I love I love the kid to death. I really do. But you know, I, I put it I put it perfectly. You can't start a kid just because he's a senior. And and I'm thoroughly convinced after the first three games of this season, that's the only reason he's playing. It's the only reason he's playing. He's undersized. His IQ apparently is, is not up to... Well, football IQ, right? Right, not, Fo- not, football IQ. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, civil engineering major, I'm sure he's a very intelligent individual. Yeah, he'll do, he'll do fine. He'll do fine in a career, yes. He's um, a smart guy. Smart. Well, I mean, he may not be that smart. I was a civil... I was, I'm a civvy, too, so... I mean, God, dude. <laughs> that damn interception... He couldn't have handed that ball off to that guy better. He literally, correct me if I'm wrong. He he looked that linebacker dead in the eyes. I can't start talking because I won't stop. I'm going to let you guys do the thing and then. I think what aggravates me about that play, Matt, and I know exactly what you're talking about, is there's times when he should throw it and he holds on to it or throws it away. But the second he releases the ball quicker, he throws a pick right to the right and, to and the then don't even get me end. started on that little shaken dance thing that he does when he runs the ball. Just yeah. put your head down and run. Before you get off of the interception, the mo- you said the most infuriating thing about that play was that the most infuriating thing about the play was that the receiver at the second level, as soon as he made his break to the out to the out of bounds, uh, you know, as soon as he made his out, it was like a probably like a seven or eight and out. As soon as he made the break, the wide receiver was wide, wide open. open. Wide open. And he waited and waited and waited and waited for the linebacker to get in place and never saw him and released the ball. And the linebacker, it was almost like he couldn't believe it because when he went to catch it, he was like, oh, shit, there's a ball. Well, I think, look, the window dressing is a stat line. He went 21 for 29 tonight, had a touchdown, blah, blah, blah. Great. I mean, that's fine. His completion percentage was fantastic. The issue is look at the completions. Screens, bubbles, five-yard out routes, little, you know, five-yard dump off passes, which is fine. Hey, look, if it works and it moves the ball downfield, that's great. I think my biggest criticism for Levi tonight, even though he played okay, 
once again, and we've talked about this since the beginning of the season, he's missing guys in the sink. Um, I saw at least three or four instances, whether it was Dante Fleming, oh. Neil Johnson. Oh no! Don't don't you don't you John, know don't you know Stevens. Jerry? Don't don't you know Jerry? That's not Levi's fault. We need better receivers. Well, I heard I, mean, I, I heard three people. I heard three people in the stands tonight say that we need better receivers. Look, the receivers dropped three, four key passes tonight. I'll understand that. But a lot of times, if you got receivers that are creating separation, 15, 20 yards down the field, down the scene by themselves, and you miss them and throw a ball away or throw it to the flat. Or how about not even try to throw it to and them also, when, they're wide, when they're wide dick open for a touchdown? That happened two or three times just in the third quarter that we were watching. There was and then, one instance where, Josh, I got I to I tell you, there's one instance where he does a bootleg, play, a play-action bootleg to his left side, to his strong side. And was it was it Bergeron that was wide open in 89, the zone? 89. And you're like, you're screaming before he even throws it, 89's open, 89's open, throw it to him. And I think he ended up throwing it. To the incomplete in the flat, incomplete in the flat. Somebody, and, and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going on the pod. This is going I, I, on the no, reaction listen, pod. I, I, I challenge board. anybody out there. <laughs> pick a receiver, and you know, say it's like a third and six or a second and eight, and it's a throwing down, right? Pick a receiver and watch them. The receiver will come open at some point in the route. Every time, doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter who's on the field. Doesn't matter what you the, know, the, the scheme is. He's that person will be open. Whoever you watch. I'll be honest with you. Nine times out of ten, I am more critical of a wide receiver than I am a quarterback. However, I'm going to say this: unless it is a jump ball, receivers should not be extending their arms to make a catch. Should not. If a if a receiver has to extend his arms in either direction on a slant route over the seam, it's not a good throw. It's not. What, what Point- really annoys me about so you got we've been watching football long enough to where when you hear somebody talk about the game, you know if they know what the hell they're talking about. It's very obvious. One thing I cannot stand, and I will, I will literally terminate a conversation with a quote-unquote football fan, is when they say, oh, well, like tonight, Levi went 21 for 29 for X amount of yards and this, this, and that. I don't care how many passes he completed. Did you watch the football game? Well, that's what I was saying. If you watch the football game, you understand, and this is something I've been saying since last year, it's not what he does. It's what he does not do. We have route trees, and three of the four receivers in the route tree are wide open, and we cannot see them. We, we have not even graduated to the point where we can throw the pass to them if they're not the number one option. We don't see them. That is a much bigger problem than anything else that we're talking about in the passing game. We don't even identify that the person is open. We don't, we don't throw anticipatory passes. We... we the, the over-the-top pass, unless it is the number one option, it's not getting thrown. That That is – don't tell me that he was 21 of 29. Don't tell me that he was 15 of 17. I don't care what the completion percentage is. How is he making an impact on the field when there are plays down the field to be had? That is how he should be judged because when the games count and we play an App State, a Texas, a Coastal, a bowl game, when those teams come to town – those are the plays when we miss them 
are going to come back to haunt us and make a win a loss. Right. No, that's a good point. And, and you know, that, that's kind of what I'm getting. Well, what I was getting at earlier is, yeah, you, you can complete five out of five out of six, but they're all three yard out routes, and or you throw a dump off to Amani Bailey, who gets a twenty or 20, thirty yard, you know. Yeah, thirty yards on the little dump off pass. That's the, thirty yards. Jet, the jet sweep toss that he gets, you know. Dante Fleming got that jet sweep toss for 15, 20 yards. So that's a completion. I mean, so so that's fine. That's just great. Answer, the, the stat. The what I'm what I'm trying to say is the stats are bullshit. Watch, folks, if you're out there and you didn't watch the game tonight, go watch the game because I guarantee you what you see in the box score is not going to reflect the performance that you're going to see in game. And look, I'm not trying to crush Levi. I'm telling you guys what. We, he is this is a fifth year senior quarterback. He is regressing. Am I wrong on that? Was somebody gonna argue with me that he's getting worse? Well, I, I'm I'm more surprised that he's not seeing things down the seam. That that's a concern. And look, I've talked to five years in the program. Five. I've talked to twenty nineteen was the best players. year of his career. Well, I've talked to former football players who played the tight ends and receivers position, and they're saying the same thing that they see with this team is that we never go down down the seam. And the thing is, it's not because receivers and tight ends aren't getting open down the middle, but the vertical passing game is kind of is not really there. And it's concerning because, look, Texas is one thing, but FCS Nichols in Ohio, who lost to Duquesne, a, a defense that gave Duquesne, whose backup quarterback was the starting quarterback, and they had 41 minutes of offense last week, a time yes. of possession. Yes, dominated let, ball control. Like, you, you can't. You can't throw down the middle on that defense. Like that's that's concerning because in the next few weeks, when you go play at South Alabama, who's not a bad team, they're better than what we saw tonight, or App State, or Liberty. Like you said, that's that's not going to help you win the game. You're not going to get away with what you got away with tonight. What if your rushing attack doesn't work? What if App State, their front seven is probably one of the best in the conference. It always has been. You can't run the ball on them. What do you do next? You're not going to beat them on the flat. Look, two years ago, they came to Cajun Field. We tried doing that. We tried beating them in the flat. They they killed us every time. Yep. No vertical passing game. So when you play teams like that, because look, again, I'm not upset, but I want to win a conference championship. I want to go get back in the top 25. I want to win a bowl game. Yeah. Those type of goals are not going to be accomplished if you can't do the basics right now, which includes a vertical passing game. When, so maybe when, I'm I'm being a little I'm not trying to be we're not trying to be pessimistic, but it's a talking, concern for the future. It's a concern for the when future. When you play three games in a season and all three defenses play the same defense, stack the box, make him beat you with his arm, that is a sign to the fan base or to anybody who's watching the games that they think that they can beat you if they eliminate your running game. Now look, again, the offensive line was stellar. Our our I think we had five or was it four or five rushers, no 100 yard rushers, but all of them contributed. And we averaged as a team, six and a half yards a carry. Yeah. All of them. All that three is domination. Had anywhere from 65 to 90 yards rushing, which is fantastic. That is, that is domination. That but, but if you run, like you said, if you run into a matchup where the front seven is just, you know, as good or better than your offensive line, they're still going to stack the box. Cause they don't, they don't trust your, your signal caller to beat them over the top. Right. And they're all doing it. Every team we play does it. They're telling you that they don't think he can beat you. And he continues to show you that he's not – I don't know if he's not capable of making the throw. I don't think that's fair. What he's not capable of is seeing mismatches and wide-open 
receivers. We we watched it. Jerry, you and I sat together. We watched it all night long. Guys running free in the down the scene. Guys running free on on a, a post out. Guys just all over the field, wide open in the middle. Yeah. We don't so see we them. I'm we, not. We're not making this up. I mean, we saw it. Go, we I'm saw telling you, it, <laughs> folks. If you're listening, go watch the film. Go watch the replay of the game. Pick any receiver. They're going to be open. You, you guys definitely yeah. hit the nail on the head, but I need to say one thing. I'm angry that y'all sat together and didn't tell me anything. Well, I say sat together. We we stood together in UD. We went to Upper yeah. Deck and hung out we with a couple of people. Like, I just showed up in the second half and they were there, so we just stood there. And by that time, again, I wasn't even know if I was going to But a group text. It would have been nice. Anyways. I tried to send text messages in that stadium, but it takes like yeah, an hour and a half for them to go through. Some recaps. That is another thing. Uh, well, with, I, I'm sorry, Matt, but dude, that, that look, man, when there's when you're there's not more fix than like that. 15, when there's more than fifteen thousand people, and I, I was trying to look, I want to apologize to Cajun Nation. We're trying to get the uh, game update tweets that we do for the game. I, I couldn't even get a touchdown tweet out. Um, on the Razor Review Twitter. I mean, it was it was so slow. So, something so. has got to be done about bandwidth in that state. Yeah. And it wasn't even a packed some, house tonight. I couldn't get it out. Some some recaps from the post-game press conference. Uh, according to Coach Napier, he thought that our players played with a, quote, certain level of pride. I agree with that. I um, agree with that. Says that they will be putting the game to bed tomorrow and will allow them to rest through the weekend. Um, all three running backs play, came to play tonight. Blocks put them in better situations. Um, we're a three-back team, and we have confidence in all three. Says he's pleased with the progress of the offensive line. Yeah. Um, in the locker room post-game, Napier overheard somebody say, that's what you call Raging Cajuns football. Amen. Uh, their confidence level, according to Napier, on fourth and one for the most part, we're going to put the ball down and go for it. I love it. Um, the touchdown play right before the half was a play from the Saints playbook. Hey, we talked about that, Jerry. That was yeah. that was a play from the Saints playbook. Um, he praises Levi for his grounding and extending plays. Says that besides the in- interception and one early mental error, he say he played lights out and his legs were a big part of it. Completely and totally disagree with that. Completely and totally. And look, I know he's got to support his guy, and I understand why. But if you watch that football game and think Levi played lights out, look, one of the reasons why, so when we got, right before we got on to record, I was listening to the post game of one of our local radio stations. And one of the guys suggested that Levi had just a spectacular game. And it it, it kind of threw me into a tizzy. I was like, are you, you know, are you kidding me? Like, do people really think that he played well? Am I nuts? Like, did I watch the same football game? No, I mean, he wasn't good. It's it's just not good. He was not good. It's not good, Jerry. Think, it's not good. I, I think we showed a little more promise being a balanced quarterback, like being a scrambler, because he did use his feet tonight. Some of it was designed. And he, look, sure. one thing I will give him credit for was – And I'm he, happy about he, that. When it was time for him to run, he did run. Yeah. Now – the, the dancing around and stuff, dude. Just get the extra three yards, man. Don't don't do that. Just get the extra three yards. Get the first down. Don't try to, you know, dance and all that. But I do think if he can improve the vertical passing game and and do that with his feet, look, that's when he's dangerous. It showed last year he did that yeah. towards the end of the season. Those last six games, his vertical passing game was spot on. He ran the ball. He scrambled. He lowered his shoulder a few times. 
and look look at what our offense did. Yes. So it, it's it's still there. It's just you got it. It's time to turn that on now because look, the next two conference games are on the road, and then you got App coming to town. You, you got to turn it on now. But like, you, you, no more you and I both said this multiple times tonight. Can't put our finger on it, but there's something off about the team. Yeah, it, it, I'll say that. Too. Maybe it's Rob Sale being gone. Maybe it's two years removed from Ron Hunter. Uh, Ron Hunter. Ron Roberts. Sorry. There's something not there. Maybe I don't. They're, maybe they're not as hungry as they were. I don't know what the hell it is. How do you go from a defensive football team that is fundamentally sound up and down the roster to literally struggling to make open field tackles? Like there's something just not there. Now look, they play better in the second half, and I give them a lot of credit for that. But something is off. Something is off, and I think everybody, everybody that was sitting around, I said the same thing. Everybody yeah. kind of had the same idea that. Yes, we're crushing this bad team, but something is not there. Well, they got a week to improve on that. Look, the best thing that could happen is, look, Georgia Southern is not the Georgia Southern we're used to. Their state, I mean, they got spanked by Florida Atlantic, but you still have to go to their place. It is the conference opener. But what better way to, to, like you said, something might not be there, but what better way to show that something can be there than going to Statesboro next week, conference opener, and winning that game convincingly like they're supposed to. And then now you're three and one, then you play a South Al team that could possibly be a trap game. And I'm looking ahead here, but but no, look, tonight we got the win. It was a very convincing win on national TV. The ordinary scoreboard? On the scoreboard is domination. And the the offensive line did dominate. But. The ordinary fan in Nebraska or the ordinary fan in Colorado or, or, or Vermont is not going to really, they're not going to no. dissect what we did. Now, we watched this team to a team like a science. So right. There's a difference. But as far as the perception, you beat a, you beat a respectable Mac school by 35 at home on national yeah. TV. But moving forward, look, great win. There's some things we need to improve on, plain and simple. But L- lots happy of to get the win me. tonight. Happy to get the win tonight. 49 to 14. Final score from Cajun Field as the Cajuns take down Ohio. Next Saturday, they'll be on the road to Statesboro to take on Georgia Southern. Kickoff time to be determined. Uh, Tuesday, we will sit down and bring you our full breakdown of this game as well as we will go behind enemy lines with the play-by-play man from Georgia Southern, Mr. Danny Reed. Nice. Danny Reed will join us next Tuesday to preview this game between the Cajuns and the Eagles. Always a fun one. Gentlemen, I appreciate you staying up late with me. And uh, as always, go Cajuns. Tell them, Moe.